Welcome to episode four of the Fuzz Club. Today we're talking about Cyclona's new record, uh, Palo Verde. And they were nice enough to send us some videos explaining some of the, the thoughts behind making this album and stuff that we'll get to. But first, let's do a little quick intro and we'll uh, we'll get rolling. All right. Ryan, I'm Ryan. Yep, I'm Ryan. I'm from High Desert Queen. Uh, I sing with the band and I also run Look of My Spoon Productions. Pat? Uh, I'm Pat. I am the editor of Monster If. Eddie. I'm Eddie. I play bass in Lords of the Opium Church and guitar in The Endless. Right on. So I guess before we even start talking about the album, I'll share this first video from from Phil from Cyclona. Um, It gives a little bit of background on the recording and some of the songs that were involved and some of the writing process and stuff like that. And then we'll just kind of get into our own uh, personal thoughts and stuff on it. Hello. Um, So I'm going to see if I can sneak up on Phil. I know he's in the practice room, the nest, Um, but let's see what he's up to. He's in on his own. So prepare yourselves. Here we go. This is the nest lovely bit of uh, self-promotion to ourselves that's a beautiful orange drum kit right there and i know phil's in here somewhere let's have a look oh marshall stacks obviously and oh look who it is hello phil what are you up to yeah, put that down. Nothing, mate. Nothing. How are you doing? Yeah, keep those legs crossed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Thanks. Oh, are you having a beer as well? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, how are you doing? All right. Yeah, all good. So, um, yeah, records. We've got a new record out, Palo Verde. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's always a bit of a bit of a question mark when you get lots of kind of trippy music and there's some vocals over the top of it, you know. What's it all about, Phil? Rock and roll, mate. Right? Just rock and roll. Yeah. Should we? Uh, should we get comfy? Yeah. Let's let's have a chat. Yeah. So, oh, it's like walking back into the nineties in here, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Um, cheers, Ryan. Like else. Oh yes, yeah. Cheers, Ryan. Um, so, Palo Verde. We've got uh, 1975 yeah. was the lead single off it. Yeah. Uh, give us an idea what that was all about. That is about the year 1975 and how cool it was. Probably it was, um, yeah, just a, a good riff, good song that we sort of like came up with. It Martin came up with the riff initially, then we all sort of built on it. And I just wanted to write some lyrics about the 1970s, 1975, pretty much. Cool. There's no story other than that. That is simply what it is. Okay, so that's probably one of the uh, the more obvious titles, I suppose. So you've got things like La Tolvanera, Rainbird, yeah. Purple River. Yeah. Is that all just from the the horrible, trippy side of your head, or is yeah. it uh, yeah. is it about anything? Yeah, well, yeah, we're all about things. I mean, the music always comes first. I like to listen to the, the music and sort of imagine what it could be about. Um, Rembird is a bit of a, it's got a heartfelt one. It's about, the lyric, lyrically, it's about anybody, that's for anybody who's ever lost a loved one or a loved thing or whatever, whether it's a, a person or a pet or whatever. I think everyone can uh, sort of associate with that. Quite difficult one to sing sometimes. Um, what else was there? Yeah, uh, Purple River. Yeah, it's a bit of a sort of fantasy one going down the river and you know sinking beneath the water and blah de blah de. Uh, nice sort of trippy sort of vibe to it. Uh, I told her uh, that was a sort of spooky little sort of uh, riff, and uh, the lyrics are sort of a bit tongue in cheek about a sort of a, a covert mission across the desert, you know. And, you know, if you if you do as you're told by the man, you know, one day you know go to heaven uh, or hell. Well, you would you would hope the former. Yeah. When you dare, you dare to. Well, I guess hell. It's hot and we all know people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for you, obviously, the recording process. We were in uh, we 
were in lockdown at the time, and um, you know, I it took uh, got the drum tracks out of the way probably at the best possible time, and then you guys uh, had to kind of cope from there on in. So, what was your? Um, how did you do it? Well, yeah, let's have some have some late nights, very late nights. I think um, we did the, the drums myself. I wasn't playing the drums, I was playing the guitar. The guy I was playing the drums. The chap there was playing the drums. Yeah. Um, myself and Dave spent a lot of time down there doing the guitars. Uh, and I think myself and Dave and Andy Hawkins had some really sort of late nights uh, burning the midnight oil. I think Martin came down and pretty much did his, his, all his bass tracks in a day. Um, so yeah, it was, it was all cool. Oh, good. End result, it's worth it's worth uh, putting the effort into the end result. And the end result's well, we're pleased with it. So what's, what for you um, is the best part of recording? Is it, do you enjoy doing the guitars most? Or do you like doing the vocals? Do you do you know what you're going in with vocal-wise? Yeah, I mean, we, we as a band, we go and we finish songs in the studio, we can't. A lot of bands go in and sort of write in the studio, we can't afford to do that. So we go and we finish some and uh, we get them done as quickly as possible. Um, I don't particularly enjoy it. I enjoy the end result. Uh, so for me, the, the best part about recording is putting the guitar away in the case and that's done, you know, finished. And then we can leave it to the, uh, well, to Andy and the, uh, the guys to uh, do the mixing and, you know, mastering them. They do a very good job. They do a good job, yeah. They do an excellent job. Yeah. So, I mean... Um, so do you when you've recorded an album you know when we've when we've finally finished is do you see getting the music out there um as a way of enabling touring or do you see touring as a way of allowing you to record music I wish you'd, question. I wish you'd tell me you ask me that Scott that's quite alright I like to throw a curveball in um, I enjoy touring so it's, it's always nice always the last album me and Sky Club, we didn't get a chance to tour that album because of the COVID situation, those lockdowns. This album, we've been out to the uh, United States already, out to the USMA, uh, where we toured sort of West, West Coast, sort of area. that was cool. And we threw in a few of the new songs uh, every gig and it went down well. So I guess the question, the answer to the question is yes. I see uh, touring in the way of sort of promoting the album. Um, the other question, um, I suppose, would be... Um... You know, we've played uh, we've played some pretty spectacular. You know, we've been very lucky to play some great gigs this year. We know we played Freak Valley, Sonic Blast. We've been over to the states. Um, has there been a one that you preferred over the others? Is there, you know, was there a particular highlight? Even if it wasn't your favourite gig that you played, was it? Was the place itself the best? I don't like any of them. No, uh, <laughs> obviously, Freak Valley. Sonic Blast, Psycho Las Vegas, uh, sort of three pretty sort of up there festivals. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just cool to play in those sort of events. Um, we've got a few more lined up next year already, which we can't tell you about this year. Um, yeah, if I'd say pick one, I would. Okay, I've got, I've got to pick one. I'm going to go with Sonic Blast, reason being because it's a great festival, but the thing that swings it is we had our own fridge. Full to the top <laughs> with beer, and it don't come much better than that. I agree. Um, okay, so another curveball question you weren't expecting. Uh, we've obviously, you know, going to festivals, playing these gigs and stuff. Um, we've played with a, a fair few bands now, yes. and uh, so this year alone, who's what's the what's your favourite band you've played with? Or shared, stayed with, or seen at one of the festivals we've played. Oh well, now then, because uh, I know this isn't going to be an, an one band answer. Yeah. I know there's going to be several. Thanks for that, Scott. That's quite all right. So, Freak Valley, um, there we played Fu Manchu headline. Like Fu Manchu, unfortunately, didn't stay around the scene, and we uh, we went back to the hotel and chilled out, uh, which sounds a bit sort of rocked out, but yeah, we had to get back to the hotel. Uh, in fairness, in fair, we should point out this here that part of the reason for going back to the hotel uh, was tiredness, and uh, we had just managed to scoop our bass player Martin up 
from the medical area before he went on stage. He wasn't he wasn't a well boy, was he? He had food poison then. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that we played there is a miracle in itself. But I think you can see from you know the performance, yeah. uh, which I think is on bits of it on YouTube at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Martin is not holding back. No, he was not not a well boy. Uh, but yeah, we do you, Elder were awesome. All the bands are good at Green Valley. So looking at Sonic Blast again, all the bands were good. I think we didn't see. Any of the bands later on because we had to leave on a very early flight next morning from Portugal to San Francisco. We had to be up at 3 a.m., so we had, again, had to leave early. So we missed Orange Goblin and we missed Thousand Mods, both of whom I would have liked to have seen. Uh, moving on to Psychos Vegas, the highlight for me without a doubt was Mothership. Mothership were awesome live. Uh, I want to see them again. Miss Sasquatch and Hippie Deathful, they played the day before when we were down in San Diego, so I missed them, but we shall make up for that. I'm going to see Sasquatch in Sheffield next month. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Excellent. Um, we should also point out that we, in America in particular, we got to uh, got to see some mates again, didn't we? We got to see the Lord Buffalo guys. Yeah, I'm who? Bobby. Oh, and Bobby from uh, from Salem's Bend. Uh, no, I've, I, I love... Uh, I, I love Lord Buffalo and I like the guys in Lord Buffalo as well and you know having played with them last year as well um, you know what, what do you reckon do you, I think I think they've got better I'm very into it yeah they were and that new album's going to be good isn't it is what the new album's going to be good the new album will be awesome yeah um, yeah great band Great bunch of guys. It was it was really really nice to spend time with them again. And it's got to be said, we our new buddies, George of the Cosmic School, who we had a, a good time with. Uh, so shout outs to Bill, Caroline, Joe, everybody in that band. All awesome. Uh, Black Box Revelation. I've never heard of them before. They were nice guys from Belgium. Yeah. So yeah, the tour was cool. All good. Good guys. All good. Yeah. Yeah. Happy times. Well, I mean, it's been lovely to see you, Phil. Nice. Um, shall we? Uh, shall we just leave you to um, to to carry on with your literary investigations and uh, you enjoy your beer. I'm gonna, if it's okay with you, I'm gonna leave pretty quickly. All right, bye, Phil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm going now. Bye then. Thank God for that. Hey guys. Phil from Cyclona, I'm going to show you where we live. Here we go. This is uh, the nest. Let's enter the nest. This is where the magic happens. <laughs> Here we go. Look at, oh, look at this. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's got drums there. Oh, it's Scott. I thought Scott was going to be here. Wow, here's Scott. All right, Phil. Hey up, Scott. How yeah. are you doing? All right, mate, are you? Good, all good, thank you very much. Right, so what are we doing? I don't know. No, we're going to, we're going to do some uh, some questions, aren't we? I think so. Yeah, right. yeah, okay. Right. There you go, I can put you there with that background behind you. Right then. So, Scott, the guys are talking about our new album, Palo Verde. What what are your what are your sort of thoughts on the album and uh, in, in general the recording process and etc the rehearsing process and the finished item? Well, I suppose start to the end, I love the record. I'm really really proud of it. I think we've done a great job. But um, yeah, it was a it was a difficult recording process this time, wasn't it? Within uh, lockdown, I suppose I had the easy job going for a couple of days, get the drum track sorted. And then let you guys uh, work your magic. But, um, yeah, I don't like recording. It, it scares me. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, when when you went and did the drums, it was me and you did, like, was yeah. it three days together? Yeah. We, we tracked it all, and it was, uh, was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. Wasn't bad. It was, uh, yeah, I was happy, I'm happy with the results. Yeah, yeah. Sounded great. And Andy's, uh, well, he's, uh, he's, he might be a wizard, I think. Andy Hawkins, the knave, leads. Yeah, so 
Also, we've got the we've got the finished uh, recordings back in whatever, and it's the um, it's the first time. Well, the first record anyone's put out through Psycho Wax, which is obviously quite a big deal for us. So, um, what do you reckon in general? The album, album's gone down quite well. Yeah, uh, it sounds good to me. It sounds good. So I think everyone's sort of we're getting good reviews. So. Yeah, there's been some nice reviews, haven't there? Happy like days, isn't it? Out of ten from Powerplay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that'll do us. Yeah. But um, no, it's. Uh, I just, I just, I genuinely love the album. I think um, even if I wasn't on it, I'd listen to it. Actually, you're not on it. I, I, oh, went, I'm not. I did a day of Grohl. I went and recorded all the drums again when you so were there. Haven't got any cymbals. Yes. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, who stole Scott's cymbals? <gasps> Where have we left them? What am I meant to do? Uh, so. American tour. Yeah. What you what you reckon? How'd that go? Was it? That was highlights, lowlights, good, bad. Simultaneously, the most exhausting and most fun I think that I've ever had. Um, yeah, it was crazy going halfway across the world and there's uh, people coming to see us. Crazy. Yeah. Favorite gig. Favorite one. Now then. I like Phoenix. Phoenix. That. That's, uh, there's not many times you get to play on the same stage that Black Flag and Nirvana have played on. No. Um, Roxy. Yeah. LA. Yeah. That's pretty pretty spectacular. Yeah. Um, where else? I'm in Vegas. Yeah. You just have to go on to a. You have you have to use your your other soul to cope with Vegas. Yeah, and we we enjoyed uh, not having our gear arrive home with us, didn't oh, we as well? Oh yeah, that yeah. was great. We've all gone swimmingly until then. Yeah, it was and great, then, wasn't it? Uh, yes, thank you, international baggage handlers. For, yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks, Air Canada. Well, cool. We've got it all now. Well, apart from the symbols, obviously. Apart from the symbols, yeah, not there. Right then, let's uh, do the uh, next bit. Yeah. <laughs> all right so uh they either have a very bad cricket infestation in there or maybe an <laughs> antique air conditioner i'm not sure but uh either way really appreciate them sending the video and giving us some insight into the world of cyclona and the new album so uh that was cool so thanks it, thanks. it it's a nest they didn't say a nest for what There's yeah kind of in, insect infestation perhaps <laughs> Yeah. And, so, and Phil is getting fired as a camera guy. That's that's for sure. Getting fired. Yeah, I love it. I think Scott might have a future in uh maybe doing interviews. He's pretty he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And I also loved um him just appearing on the on the drum set. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got skills. Yeah, um, that's awesome. <laughs> so it was cool to get some insight on the album, but what does everyone else think? Does that, did everyone know this band before this album? Because I did just from Venus Skytrip. I didn't know, uh, I think their album before that was called Mojo Rising, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I knew Venus Skytrip very well. I'm, I love it. It's one of my favorite, like, stoner, like, desert, riffy, fuzz albums. And I was super excited for this album to come out. So I knew of that. D- did everyone know of Cyclone going into this? Um, yeah. I'm on the bill. I haven't. Li- I didn't really listen to their stuff until now. I'm glad I did. So you started with Palo Verde. What did you think? Um, I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, Rainbird, I believe it was, was a dope song. I like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably the longest one on the record, but I thought it was super sweet. Yeah. I really dig the drums and all the heavy driving guitars, and I love I love Flying V's all day. So I'm just glad that they are. Um, yeah, they're just ripping flying V's all day. Awesome. I feel like they they've had a, a way of capturing like that that perfect mixture of like fuzzy, riffy, desert, yeah. like driving through the desert kind of sound. Mm-hmm. And I think going into this record, I, I don't know that what I was expecting, but it they they approached it just a little bit differently. So that took me by surprise, and I had to to go through the album a few times to kind of get a grasp on what they were doing on this one. Yeah, I listened to that a few times. This one is a lot more space rock elements added in. Yeah. It's a little bit uh, more dynamic versus uh, Venus Skytrip. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of had like yeah. truck sweaters and slow motion, like a dozer vibe kind of feel all mashed mm-hmm. together. 
Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. It's like, yeah, I, I feel like as much as it got, because you're right, it's definitely spacier. There's parts that are like heavier uh, yeah. than what I've heard yeah. them do in the past. And and I was, you know, I, I've, I've, I discovered them on their last record um, and that album blew me away. And so they kind of had, for me, like, I, and I was fortunate enough to, like my band, Hydrogen Queen, was fortunate enough to play with them and I got to meet these guys and they're all awesome dudes and we played some shows together in the UK, but I, so I, I got to hear some of the new stuff live, but I still kind of had like this idea that, man, it's, that last album was so good. I don't, I don't see how, I don't see how this, how Palo Verde is going to, going to top it. And when I first listened to Palo Verde, it didn't top it. But yeah. as I've listened to mm. it more, I think I've, I've definitely grown to appreciate like, damn, this is a really good record with no weak spots, yeah. uh, which is, which is hard to do. Yeah, I think that when we were talking after the last episode, we were talking about this album a little bit. And when they were first released, I think it was 1975, maybe. And then I, the first time kind of going through the album, I thought like, oh, man, they kind of like left that fun desert rock thing and went maybe a little bit heavier or maybe a little bit more psychedelic or something. And then as I listened to it more and more and more, I started finding things that I was completely wrong about. And I was like, oh, okay. It, it wasn't that right off the bait, right out the gate. But like, like I said, gasoline and, and jet plane were like almost lighter than anything on Venus Sky Trip. They were like rock yeah. and roll songs. They were like, you know, a little bit more upbeat. And, yeah. and so it, it took me a few listens to go like, is this heavier or is this lighter? Or is it, it what, like, what is this? And it was just kind of a mixture of all of it. They kind of just took like the elements that they were really good at and then like just expanded on it. And, for better or for worse, they they really kind of just took it and, and ran with it. I feel like on this one, so yeah, much what... more much more dynamic. Like you say, like there's yeah. parts where I'm like, man, this this is like a British rock and roll song. Yeah, there's part there's some solos in there. I'm like, this is exactly what a British band should play. How they should play the solo. And it's not what yeah. you kind of expected, even though they are from the UK. But what I heard in the past, uh, so it's cool. There, yeah, there are definitely moments like in, in Meet Your Devil where it's like almost on the verge of becoming like really doomy. Like it's just mm-hmm. like really sludgy. Dong, 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 dong. Yep. Um, and I really wonder what Cyclona would sound like if they were just like a doom band for the next record. Like I think they could pull it off. Yeah. They kind of sound like they could pull just about anything off. I mean, they, they can, they obviously nailed like the desert rock thing. And then they obviously can do like a really heavy psych thing. And I think that they obviously have a lot of parts in this that nail the doom thing. They could probably just kind of do whatever they want. And maybe they should with each record. They should just like, yeah, one and, and go for it. They should just yeah. give yeah. us an even mix of all of those things. Yeah. In reality, that's what we want, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah want 25, 30 minutes of straight doom or 25, 30 minutes yeah. of straight psychedelic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I found a, a song. I found like that song Jet Plane had like a really like a loose like party party mm-hmm. feel. Like, yeah, was that was the most yeah. desert rock to me, right? That, yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was like fun and yeah. upbeat, and yeah. yeah. Eddie, what did you think of this album versus uh, Venus Skytrip? Um, at first, I didn't, I wasn't as into it as much as the mm-hmm. previous one, but the more I listened to it, the more I appreciated it a bit more. It was just felt like a bit more thought like thought out songwriting and stuff and structures and i, I love like the the psychedelic effects and and all the effects on these voices mm-hmm. stuff it just brings it to a different multiple layers going through the going through the songs and yeah i love it, it yeah. Yeah, to me, <laughs> yeah to me like i mean being a sky trip when it opens with blast off it's kind of hard to like yeah. that song just is yeah. they struck yeah. gold you know they yeah. struck that was a just such an incredible song but i feel like that could have been that song could have fit on this record there's a lot of that guitar like yeah. delay the side all the you mentioned eddie the yeah, kind of the effects on the guitar and things that mixed so well on this record that and that's what i realized like it didn't the first the first time i listened to the record it didn't have that blast off song it just this, this hit me every song i was like this is really really good i uh, i actually oh, sorry i didn't mean to cut you off right Oh, go ahead. No, I, I'm just saying it. And then finally, 1975, like when I heard that riff more and more and more, and then I picked up my guitar to play it, that's a badass guitar riff. It really is really good. Yeah. On on the note about Blast Off, I actually liked 
Palo Verde immediately more than Venus Skytrip. And only because, like, for me, listening to Venus Skytrip after Blast Off, like, Blast Off is A+. Plus. And for mm-hmm. me, the rest of the album, like, after that high point, the rest of the album is just, like, a solid B. And mm-hmm. Palo Verde, I think, is, like, overall a much stronger album because it's not relying just on that incredible single as as a first track. Um, it's interesting. And so I think I think overall, I think the songwriting's maybe, a, at least it's, like, more my flavor because there, there's, like, some slower jams in, in Venus Country. <clears throat> but it's, like, that's not my... I think I think they're really good at what they do. Yeah. I think the songs are really cool. It's just like not my my favorite sound on Venus Skytrip, and then they nail it on, on this one. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. My favorite part of the whole record is actually the drum sounds they got. Mm. Like I would be interested to know what they did in the recording process. Well, that, because- it, it's interesting you say that because Ryan, maybe you can shed some light on this, but it was recorded on Psycho Wax, right? So they recorded it in vegas yeah like, while they were there for yeah, I, well no they they recorded everything in 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 the uk oh okay um they they i knew because he had you know i had become friends with them they'd, they'd kind of give me a little input that they were going to be on psycho wax but but now it was recorded in in uk still oh, gotcha. at a right. at a studio there in town um i i i don't know for certain i, I think it from, from talking to phil it was close to um Bradford area, which is like near Manchester, but yeah, they recorded it there, and and uh, I don't know other than that. I mean, they they the engineer clearly did a phenomenal job on this record. Uh, I think yeah. everything is mixed mm-hmm. so well. It, to a, and and uh, some of the things I've said on the on past episodes, almost to a fault, where I what I I heard this record immediately, and I was like, man, this is almost too polished. Uh, because I I, li- I liked that that I mean fuzz- that fuzziness you know that almost dirty like not perfect recording on some of the other recordings which is no discredit yeah. to them that's the that's, that's the genre uh, but no the more I listen to it the more I realize this is such a well I think the songwriting was better like like Pat mentioned and I think that that translated into the to the mixing and mastering and engineering as well they have an interesting approach to like the vocals because, and I think that we mm-hmm. talked about this a little bit on past episodes or, or whatever, but it, it's kind of, it's not super strong in the, in the mix, like the vocals, but also it's kind of like this, like, I don't know, just like this layer. It's like an instrument of just like, yeah. he's not quite singing. It's just kind of like this layer that delivers these lyrics as like an instrument or something like that. It's, it's kind of like just used in, in the band in a, in a different way. Yeah. It's, yeah, kind it's of like how Monolith does it. Yeah. Double vocals yeah. and then reverb and just kind of soaks up the whole vibe. Yeah. And, but I think it's so unique that it's, it's not on top. I don't feel like, I don't yeah. feel like it's on top. I think it's mixed well. And, yeah. and you're right. Like Phil has a unique way of, of singing because he's almost like sing talking but he is singing he's carrying a melody he's yeah. giving what does he's it giving... sound like live i haven't seen them live does it sound like that or is it is it like it, just a regular band when they're on stage no they sound they're, they're incredible live one thing i can't one thing i have to talk about them live is their guitar tone i don't know how their guitar tone sounds so incredible live because a lot of bands know that use a lot of fuzz it can get kind of wompy live sometimes they have the cleanest biggest fuzz tone mm. live uh so they're able to be like they're just professional musicians and they just they're i think a sound guy is easy to, they're easy to mix even though i don't you know phil's vocals are quiet he they're easy to mix and i, I, I his vocals come through live just like it does on the record and i i, I love the way he sings because it's like you said it's just kind of carrying a, like an instrument carrying a melody and then but you're getting He's telling stories, and you're kind of getting some essence of what the song is about. It's totally, what a vocalist should do. Yeah, they're not like they're not really an old band. I mean, they have three albums, right? Yeah, this is number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they sound like a, a more mature band than that, almost to me. Like they they sound like they've had six under their belt or something. Mm-hmm. You know, to be on album three and kind of like have figured this stuff out live and like this texture of sound and and just kind of like 
figuring out what their vibe should be on this new record. And it, it's a little bit more of a mature record maybe compared to just kind of like fun, fuzzy desert rock on the last one or something. Yeah. It's only, it's only album three. It's kind of, it's kind of impressive. Yeah. Ryan, do you know what everyone's resume looks like before Cyclona? Uh, I don't know. Like I couldn't name off bands they've been in, but they're all very seasoned musicians. Yeah. You know, they, they've definitely been in projects before. Um, I know that Phil had talked, you know, he, he and I have talked a lot, uh, about different bands and things he'd been in that maybe, you know, didn't obviously never got to the level that Cyclona is, but I know they've all done a lot and I, and, uh, Dave as well. Uh, so like Dave and Martin guitar and bass are pretty young, like in comparison to, to Phil and, uh, Scott, I think those two guys are like the like the, the buds that were like, Hey, let's do a band. And then they, they kind of got these guys from what I can gather. I don't, I don't know that for certain just from conversations with all four of them, but uh, Phil is definitely a seasoned, he's a veteran musician. He knows his tone very well. Uh, and he's a really good songwriter. And like a lot of you guys have mentioned that the drums are some of your favorite parts of this record. Scott's a really tight, good drummer. So it kind of makes everyone's job a lot easier, I guess. But I don't I don't know the details of their of their resume other than I know they this isn't like it's definitely not their first or be probably even fifth band. You know, they've, they've been yeah. in other bands before. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear kind of some other bands that they've been in. I think it always is Can, to kind of hear the one that works is one thing, mm-hmm. but to hear the ones that didn't work and like what they were going for or how they approached it is, is kind of an interesting thing. Right. <clears throat> Does anyone have any favorite tracks? For me, it was Warped might be my favorite um it's it's the last track on the album mm. it's a, kind of a longer one but it it kind of just kind of brought all of it together i feel like on that one really well but i was kind of surprised by rainbird mm-hmm. it kind of starts in like this slow jammy kind of thing that i wouldn't normally really be a song that i might like so much and it kind of surprised me because i really did right away i liked it but then it, it, by the end i think like the last half of the song is instrumental but it kind of picks up pace it gets more upbeat, and but there's still no vocals again, which is a thing that not normally I would necessarily be into. So that song, I just was like, I it really impressed by. I just thought it was awesome because it's not normally the thing I would gravitate towards, but they just they killed it on that song. So Warped and Rainbird for me stood out. Like I said, Gasoline and Jet Plane were just so different and fuzzy and upbeat that they stood out a little bit. But really, it's hard to pick a favorite because 1975 was a great first single for to like lead off this album and. They were all really pretty great. I think I think Rainbird is the the free bird of, of desert rock now, and then it's like really <laughs> slow progression and that killer solo, and then it kind of goes off on a high note. Yeah, yeah, it's such a rock and roll solo on that song. Like it's yeah. rock and roll to a T. That 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 solo could fit in so many other songs. It was really really mm-hmm. good. Uh, for me, I, I I agree with you. Right, Warped was my was my favorite song on the record. Uh, I think that was the when I first listened to the record, you know, I always listened to a record, especially like, you know, Buds from Cyc- like, like Cyclona. I was going to sit down and listen to it from beginning to end without no interruptions. And that was a song I caught myself going, damn, yeah. this album is good. And it's because that was such a good closer. Uh, Great closer. I, so I, I thought it was a, it, it's kind of has all, that song has all the elements that every other song on the record does. Yeah. In, in my opinion, it just kind of has every, a little bit of everything. Uh, and then I just, like I said earlier, the guitar riff on 975 is so fuzzy and heavy. I like it a lot. Yeah. I really like the, the slow intro for La Talvan era. It's like Beautiful a song. Cool riff, riff, right? Yeah. It's really like mm-hmm. chill, way back and groovy. And it reminds me of like Black Mastiff. They're from Edmonton here too. They kind of got that same like oh, yeah. really laid back style. And then the bass line just is it's just wicked, man. I love it. And, and Warp is probably my f- the favorite song on there for sure. Mm. Brett, did you have? A yeah, I think Warp was definitely all of our favorites because oh, that's cool. I mean, you pretty much said it. When you went first. You pretty much said exactly how I felt too. Thought Rainbird was super awesome. I love when it got to the guitar solo in the center of it. I looked down because I was like, "Where am I in this song?" And it's like four minutes in and then it's like on the mind's only halfway through and the guitar solo is just starting. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but then I got to warped. I was like, man, the song's killer. 
Yeah. Yeah. Overall, the whole album is really awesome. I have no problem just listening to it front to back. It's like yeah. a cosmic combo. It, it, so we kind of we kind of touched on it back and forth about how we compared it to Venus Skytrip and some of our favorite songs and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, is is this the sound for them, you think, going forward? Or, I mean, do you think that they should go back to some more like desert rock stuff? Or do you think they should go heavier in, in, in the doom area? We kind of we kind of touched on some of that. But what do you think about this album? How does it how does it rank in their catalog and, and what should they do going forward? <laughs> I think? I, well, that's the only I think- album listen to by them mm-hmm. oh yeah personally, i think if they dip a little harder into psychedelic with well, and, and, all the with a name like with a name like cyclona yeah. Yeah. right yeah yeah for sure because i mean mojo rising is a great record too but it that is a hundred percent stoner rock desert rock album yeah. uh there's a there is a song and you know, brett you said you haven't listened to that record there's a song called down in the valley on the record that'll it's so thumping and so good. It, it'll, it'll, you'll be singing it. They, they, it sure. It's still it's still in their lot. They they play it live like it's <laughs> like what they play from that album. It's because it's they struck gold with that song too. But I think that I think that uh, like kind of like what both uh, Pat and I talked about was that there was blast off and this to me this record this this record that song could have fit on. Cause I think that's in my opinion it sounds to me like this is kind of where they're going mm-hmm. more more polished, but yet more psychedelic. I, I don't know if I call it psychedelic, but it's, it's spacey. It's got, it's got that spacey element. Right? To me, this was an album, whereas Venus yeah. Skytrip was a collection of songs. This was an mm. album. They, they put together yeah. an album on this one. And I feel, I don't know Bojo Rising that well, but I know Venus Skytrip really, really well. And it was a lot of really great songs. And, and this one was an album. That's know? a good way to put it. This is yeah. definitely an album. For yeah. sure, it felt, it felt like a collect a collective writing process, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, we always kind of go through the artwork, and and I didn't want this one to be any different. I wanted to share uh, some of the artwork that they did, Mo- mainly because it was all a lot of their stuff is done by the the same person, um, Kyrie Burling. Did this? Yeah, it's a beautiful. That's such a cool. That's yeah, a, very, it. a very cool album cover, and he's done a lot of their artwork. I think he might have done their logo, and I think he's done all the album covers and some of their merch and stuff like that. So he's he's very active in the uh, Cyclona world. But what I found out by by going through this was that he's actually pretty active in in all of this uh, this scene. He's done some other stuff that I'm going to show you here in just a second. But fun fact: I don't know if anyone looked it up because I did. It was the first thing I did was. Palo Verde basically translates to like green tree or like a yeah. like a green stick. <laughs> so, yeah, I looked that up too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can draw your own conclusions on what that means, but uh, I have a pretty good idea of what it might mean. <laughs> yeah. It means green tree. Yeah. Green, yeah. green tree. That's all it is, green tree. That's where I got the, the similarity. I was like, oh, I had to look it up. I, I I just love his use of of color, and he did the same thing on Venus Skytrip too. It's so vibrant. Yeah. So this is Mojo Rising, which I I, I believe that he did as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and this is Venus Skytrip, mm-hmm. which is a, it's a great, very, oh, very simple, but like really really cool. Did this win? Um, I think this was nominated for best album cover at the Doomies. Did this? Did this win? Really? Uh, I don't know. No, I I remember it being nominated, but. It, What's sad is I remember it not winning, but I couldn't tell you who won. I think I think um, uh, the King Buffalo album. I think uh, was it Dead Dead Star? Was it Dead Star or Red Star? It, whatever Red it was, Star. I think that won, and that was really I cool too. Metal. It had that big that sounds big, right. Yeah, the big skull like in outer space. They always have great artwork as well. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, that's. I mean, I love the colors on this. I mean, that's he, he did this album cover from. Uh, oh, I didn't know this was him. That's awesome. That's yeah, and this this album is fantastic. I I don't know album album or not, Mm -hmm. but like I love this album. I I put it on my top ten from last year. It's great, and I didn't know that he did the artwork until just now. But it's it's great. It's great album. Yeah, they're an awesome awesome band. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. So he did this one for Red Mesa, also Forest Cathedral, out of Albuquerque. Wow. Yeah. So I actually have this. Record Still. here, 
And the reason I have it is because I did the artwork on the back of this thing. Hey, oh, there you go. That's awesome. Just yeah, found that shared. out as I was researching this dude. Um, but that's, that's kind of cool. That's cool. You researching and you found it. You shared an album art with, with the guy. With this, uh, right? Amazingly awesome. talented person. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's shout out cool. to uh, Kyrie uh, Burling, I believe is his name. And uh, I, I liked all their stuff. They they seem to stick with him for most of their work. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. There's definitely a good reason for why they stick with him. I mean, he's, he's done a great job. Yeah. And I remember, I do remember, uh, now it was over after about somewhere around 10 to 15 beers, but we got to play a show in Edinburgh, Scotland with them. And we were out, uh, partying. We had played, they played the next day. It was a festival. And, uh, so we were partying pretty hard. I was I was partying with Dave, the guitarist, and I and they told me because Phil had told me that Palo Verde was, uh, what they had called you know what they were going to call the album. So I remember asking Dave like, "Man, that's, I come from Texas. I hear people speak Spanish all the time. You guys sure. are from England. What are you, what are you guys doing uh, speaking Spanish?" And uh, but yeah, then he told me, "Well, it means green tree." And I just go, "Ah, I got it. Ah. <laughs> I, I got. It. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's like sweet leaf." Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so uh does anyone have any final thoughts on this on this record that we haven't uh, gone over yet i hadn't expected it and I, I probably should have because their hit song from the last album was i didn't expect this album to be so fun and there's so many tracks on here that are just a blast like jet plane is really upbeat um the first third of the album really up until uh, Meet Your Devil is is a, a lot of fun. Um, that that kind of took me by surprise. They have a way of doing that. I mean, I think that like that's kind of the stuff that I normally gravitate towards. I don't like really like depressing doom all the time. Mm -hmm. I like more upbeat Queens of Stone Age vibe of stuff, you know. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's what I like about them. They do it so well. It's very heavy. It's very like psychedelic it's very fuzzy but they have a way of doing it that's not like negative it's very positive it's very it feels very good to listen to mm -hmm. it. it doesn't feel bad listening yeah. to it you know yeah yeah i i i love the record it's funny because i that that jet plane song i feel sent that song to me well after they just they had just tracked it and he had finished had been mixer mastered but he let me hear it he sent me a link to listen to it and i remember and I'll be 100% honest. I've, I've, I've even told Phil this. I was like, because uh, I told him first, yeah, cool song. But I didn't like, I, I really didn't, I didn't like it at first. Like, I was like, I was so surprised. Keep in mind, that was the first song I heard. Like there was no yeah. other, I, I had no basis of the, what's on the album. I heard that song and I'd been listening to Venus Skytrip so much. I was so surprised. I was like, man, I guess they're just going to write an album that's nothing but just like these upbeat fun songs, which is cool. Yeah. But man, I, yeah. I just feel like there's so much more than that. If they sure. would have written an entire album like yeah. Jet Plane, I, I would have probably been a little disappointed. I like yeah. the fact that they can kind of go back and forth. But that and that's now the song and the record that I am always singing the chorus to. Yeah. Like it's the it's got the biggest hook, I feel like, on the chorus where I'm just singing that every single time. And uh I also it's also a credit to who mixed and mastered it because I heard like an unmixed track and uh you know, on the riff, the da 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 there's that da da bow da da bow da da That sounded like, I, it did not come through at all in the mix that I heard. And now that the mix and mastered, that's like the coolest part of the song, you know? So Interesting. It's, yeah. it's, I always got to give credit because engineers, and they, they make us sound a lot better than we are sometimes. So it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about it? Uh, the album's solid. The only thing I'll say is that Martin is by far, he, he told that story you heard in the video that that Martin was uh, a sick boy on uh, Freak Freak Valley. I heard, I heard he had food poisoning. First thing I thought was alcohol poisoning because if there's, I will have, have to say, that guy is by far, we, we, we made a joke when we were in Scotland, and he's the undisputed drinking champion of Edinburgh, Scotland when we were there. Nice. I've never seen anybody. Oh, it was it was impressive. He he can he can, and then and then he got up the next day just feeling like absolute just dog shit, and he tore it up. And if you guys haven't seen him play, have y'all seen any live footage of these guys? 
little, very little on their Instagram. Very little. Just watch Martin play bass. I feel like his bass guitar is at his knees. And I feel like that's, yeah, it's way down there. The way he plays it, it's way down there. And that just suits him when you get to know him. Like that's the first time I've seen him live. And I'm like, can you just not carry it? Cause he's feeling, he's like, he's fighting throwing up full time. That's just how he does it. He's a, he's an impressive drinker to say the least. Shout out and to Martin. Baseball. Well done. Well <laughs> yeah. done, Martin. Yeah. I, uh, we tried, I have a... We, we tried to outdrink him in Scotland. Didn't even get close. <laughs> I have a couple stories that I'll share with you guys after uh, Ryan is done recording. <laughs> okay. We can save it for the we can save it for the after hours if you... If you yeah, know. for the after hours, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> so before, before we go into that after hours, um, I want to share the last video from them, and it's their recommendation for our next episode or, or oh, any future episode of the Fuzz Club, which I, I asked them to do, and I think that it's it's kind of cool. They they give us kind of their next recommendation. We can do with it what we choose, but I think it's an interesting recommendation. So um, we'll play the video and then we'll save kind of our discussion about it for the after hours. And in order to get the after hours, you have to sign up for the newsletter and you can do that through the Slightly Fuzz Instagram um, in the links that you can sign up for the newsletter. So if you want to hear the after hours uh, chat, then you can do that. So I'm going to play this video here. Um, kind of going over what they recommend we should do next. Right then, Scott. So, last but not least, the two Ryans have asked for us to uh, suggest the next album that they discuss. Our recommendations are slightly fuzzed. I've not, hang on, I've not finished the question yet. And I believe, yeah, don't jump the gun. Mike, I'm I'm doing the questions here. Right, so, yeah. You've researched this, Scott. Spent a lot of time over it. And what is your album you think that Slightly Fuzzed should talk about in the next episode? Okay, so, um, they, <laughs> we love this band anyway. We've talked about them before. Um, their new album is on the way, but in light of the fact it's not available yet, I think we should recommend Lord Buffalo's... What's the album called, Scott? Amazing album, <laughs> which I always have to look up the name because I get it wrong every time. Is Tohu Wabohu. Sorry, what's that again? Oh, God. It's Tohu Wabohu. Wonderful. So the guys from Lord Buffalo obviously told me after a gig when we might have been a little bit worse for wear what that actually means. I can't remember. I've got no idea. So, yeah, I, it's, it's something biblical, and uh, I've no doubt that they will comment and let you know when they hear this anyway. But it's so, a cracking album, nonetheless. It is a it? cracking album. It's a lie down on in the desert, pump at full volume, just listen to it. It's atmospheric as fuck. It's beautiful. So there you go. Lord Buffalo, Tohu Wabohu. Get on it. All right. So there it is. That's the recommendation. Uh, Lord Buffalo, Tohu Wabohu. <laughs> <laughs> so, your guess is good as mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did. I did spend some time listening to this this album today. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that in the after hours. But uh, before we do that, if anyone wants to give any plugs, Ryan, you want to go for it and uh, tell us what you're up to, High Desert Queens up to, or anything, and and we'll uh, wrap this thing up. We should be hitting the road uh, next month with uh, Fatso Jetson and All Souls, and, then, and we're playing Fuzz Festival, uh, the Truck Fighter Fuzz Festival in Sweden in December. Amazing! That's amazing. Uh, and I'm just, oh my gosh, I that's cannot awesome. wait. Uh, they just announced uh, Kalur Hayes is playing, and that's like one of my favorite. I thought I'd never get to see them. Then, of course, I'm going to get to see, play with Dozer and Greenleaf and Truck Fighters and yeah. Astro that's Queen. Awesome. I'm, I'm elated. Yeah. So things are good. That's like a Hall of Fame life. Yeah. And, and, and no yeah. one even, it's not even, yeah. no one's even batting an eye. It's, yeah, that's and, wild. Yeah, we're very lucky to be a part of that. That's for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I thought you were extra happy on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eddie, what are you guys up to? Uh, we're we're in the process of making the second album with Lord's Opening Church and and doing pre-production for the first album with The Endless. And uh, Lord's has a show coming up November fifth at Black Bar in Edmonton. Cool. Sweet. Uh, Brett. Hi, my name is Ryan from Slightly Fuzz, and I'm coming at you live. <laughs> now I'm just um, well, I'm gonna be putting the Little Foot album up for pre-order on vinyl November 11th. Right on. So get ready cool. to check. 11, it out. 11, 11. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. Very exciting. Cool, man. Awesome, Pat. 
So we're recording on the 19th. Uh, so I don't know what day you're listening to this in the future. Uh, but on the 20th tomorrow, Monster Riff is premiering a really cool single from a band out of Orlando called Robots Are Dicks. Uh, it's kind of like a, uh, a wolf mother and the raconteurs meets like Bob Marley vibes. It's a super cool, chill song. It's a little bit fuzzy. It's a little bit psychedelic. Um, and so you can check that out on their band camp. You can check it out on Spotify. We'll have uh, the full interview kind of promoting that on the Monster Riff site as well. Uh, and on a more personal note, um, I, I recently just actually today completed a 100 day riff challenge where like every day on Instagram, I tried to come up with like a new riff. So if, if you guys want to uh, check that out and uh roast me a little bit you guys can check that out on my, my personal account i don't i don't remember your first riff i don't remember the first video i but how do you think that you've progressed over that time because i have seen like the last like 50 so how, <laughs> thanks how for you progressed since uh, one i uh i was a pretty shoddy guitarist beforehand and I would say I'm more of a hack now, so I'm better. Um, I think I think that uh, I've definitely gotten better in a lot of aspects. I think the after like day 75, I was like all out of ideas, and so there's a lot of like there were a few days where it's like garbage, 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 and then there's like there's a highlight, garbage, garbage, garbage. Um, but I, 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 Impressive Absolutely. you got to 75 before you ran out of freaking ideas. I, ideas. <laughs> I was, was going to say, like, yeah. just, just the fact that you could do this for 100 days yeah. in a row. I, I play guitar every once in a while, like every few yeah. days, and I play the same riff that I've been playing for like eight years. <laughs> so the fact that you came up with something new for 100 days in a row, incredible. Whether they're mind-blowing or not, it doesn't matter. It's just incredible that you came up with something new for 100 yeah, that's, that's days. Phenomenal, I, I appreciate man. that. Um, so anyway, I mean, part of it was like, I wasn't, I was like, you, I wasn't practicing enough and I recognized that. And I was uh, partially like my, my vocal teacher as well was like, why don't you do something like get yourself, you know, a little bit more active and be more consistent. So like, that's what we came up with. And now I'm done. Very cool. <laughs> but, I, cheers I, I guys. Yeah. That is, that is awesome. You, man. It's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. All right. That, that concludes episode four. Uh, go check out Cyclona Palo Verde. It's a great album. We all liked it. Um, and thanks to thanks to Cyclona for for giving us some insight into it. So, all right, see y'all. Yeah, see ya.